Support for today's Heat Treat Radio episode is provided by the Heat Treat Buyer's Guide. Learn more at www.heattreatbuyersguide.com. Welcome to Heat Treat Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Funk, editor of Heat Treat Radio. Today, Doug Glenn, publisher of Heat Treat Today, and Johan Jorni, over at Quintus Technologies, will talk about hot isostatic pressing and its benefit for heat treaters. If you enjoy this episode, we'll tell you how you can learn more later. But now, let's take a listen. All right, well, welcome to this uh this edition of Heat Treat Radio. I'm here having the great pleasure of sitting down with uh, Johan Jorni from uh, Quintus Technologies. Uh, both of us obviously remote. We're having just got done with a wonderful chat before we press the record button. Uh, we're both hoping and praying that our dogs don't start barking because that's what happens when you work at home. So yeah. anyhow, let's give the uh, listeners a sense of who you are, how long you've been in the how long you've been in the industry and your experience with hipping and whatnot. So if you don't mind, please introduce yourself. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Doug, for that introduction. Yes, uh, my name is, is Johan Jorni, and uh, I work for Quintus Technologies. I've been with the company for around 10 years now. Uh, I started up uh, where we have our head office, which is Investor Sweden, 10 years ago, and I started as an R&D manager there. Uh, I later had uh, other roles like... Uh, a product manager for our hot isostatic presses. I also worked as a global business development manager uh, responsible for the strategies uh, a couple of years. And since four years back, I'm now the business unit director for Quintus Technologies here in the Americas region. So I'm responsible for our hot and cold isostatic presses and also our other business unit, which is called sheet metal forming presses. Um, before I joined Quintus, I have a background within the aerospace industry. So I, I worked within the aerospace industry for for um, around 10 years before I joined Quintus. Great. And you guys are located, If I, I've been to your office, but I just want everybody else to know, you guys are located just north of Columbus, Ohio. That's absolutely correct. A uh, little suburb to, uh, to Columbus called Lewis Center, just north of uh, Columbus, as you say. Yeah, yeah, good. So the reason we decided to get together on this uh, podcast was because you and I and our respective teams have just successfully completed the publication of an ebook, uh, ebook which we're which basically we've entitled "High Pressure Heat Treatment." Uh, it deals with hipping and some other things. So that's the occasion for this uh, meeting. So I want to ask you to to discuss briefly with us about high pressure heat treating. What is it, and why did we decide to do this ebook on it? Yeah, very very good question. Um, as I as I indicated before, I, I have a background in the aerospace industry, and um, when I worked there, uh, responsible for some components in a, in a jet engine, we had big castings, and we typically hipped and shipped these castings. Um, hipping was was to at least us in the aerospace, the <laughs> where I worked at the time, uh, like a black box. We we really didn't know. We knew that the results were better. If we hipped, uh, we could use less material. The material got stronger, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, when I started at Quintus, at the same time, uh, we had made some progresses with 
increasing the, the cooling rate in our hip system. Uh, hip system basically works in a way where you uh, apply a high temperature and a high pressure, and then you basically cool down this. And, and during this process, you, you take away the pores. Uh, we had realized that that the, the cooling part of, of, of this cycle could be uh, shortened drastically with, with some updates of the, of the equipment. At the same time, additive manufacturing started to grow. And um, they, they started after a while to, to understand and realize that even though the process of additive manufacturing is, 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 is a brilliant process, you can do fantastic things in a short period of time, but many times they, they ended up with, with porosity in the parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the aerospace industry, the medical implant industry, and, and so on and so forth required that these pores were taken away. So... You know, they, they, they reached out to us and, and, you know, wondered, hey, what can you do about this? And then is when, you know, when we said that, okay, hip, the hip cycle is, is perfect, you can remove the porosity from your part. And then they started to ask questions, well, why do I need to, to heat treat it afterwards? Why, why do I need to do something else afterward? Isn't this enough without just, you know, remove the porosity? And that is where we started to add one and one together here and see, well, you know, the cooling rates we can apply in our modern hip system might actually be good enough to actually do the subsequent heat treat section. Uh-huh. So for materials that were suitable for this, we started to elaborate. And that is how we started to, to, to work with this and develop it more and more. Yeah, good, good. So let's talk about the difference then between hipping, traditionally hipping, and what this high pressure heat treatment is. What, what oh. process-wise, what's the difference? Process-wise, as I explained a little bit briefly before the hip process is basically increasing the temperature uh, in the in the furnace or in the pressure vessel and then we apply a high pressure and after the material has been as at, at, under these conditions we need to cool uh, the pressure vessel to be able to take out these parts so the next step in in many cases is a similar heat treat process but without any pressure so mm-hmm. basically, after the hip step, you take out the parts from the hip and you redo almost the same cycle without pressure just to be able to cool it faster and get the correct material properties. So when we realized that this cooling step you know, was high enough, for which we can do it already in the hip system, then we could basically remove that subsequent solutionizing step. Right. So... Right. Basically applying the same cooling rate, you know, as they had in the solutionized step directly in the hip unit. So combining these two is, is basically what we call high pressure heat treatment. The systems we have are also capable of running pressure and temperature independently. So if we take an additive part, which is being printed on a build plate, you can in principle take that build plate, put it in one of our hip systems, you can run a stress relief cycle to begin with, where you only use a elevated, elevated temperature without any, any pressure whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You can increase the pressure and the temperature when you want to go into the hip cycle. You can quench it down to do the solutionizing step A, basically. And you can even, if you find that you know reasonable, do an aging step. Mm-hmm. So this whole process step could, in principle, remove four different steps. Uh-huh. And it's 
always a question, do you want to take the whole build plate and do that? Or do you want to remove the parts from the build plate before you hip and heat treat it and so on and so forth? That's always up to the customers. The machines we provide are capable of taking care of the whole process. Of doing it all. Stress relief, yes. hip, age, whatever. Okay. Yes. All right. So so just, just for clarity's sake, right? So you've got the, a typical hip process, going to heat it up, put it under very high pressure. And then normally, if you didn't have the high pressure heat treatment capabilities, you would have to cool that part down, which typically is cooled quite slowly in a, in a conventional hip unit, taking more time, whatnot. It comes down to ambient or close to ambient where it can be held. You take it out, you put it back in another furnace, take a, a normal furnace, not a hip furnace, take yep. it back up, get it to the point where you want it, quick cool it, quench it to a certain extent to get the characteristics that you're looking for, and you're done. What we're talking about here is the combination of those two processes plus potential other things like stress relief and all that in the single unit. Yes. In a single unit, right? Yeah. Okay. So, of course, and and this has very, you know, beneficial effects, of course, of time, because that's also the case. Many of the hip vendors do not have hip and heat treatment in the same facility. Now we have sold a couple of units to, to some of these hip, to, to some new hip vendors that, that have this capacity. But historically, the hip vendors didn't have both hip and heat treatment. So first, the, the customer had to send it to a, a, um, a service provider for hipping. They got the yeah. part back. They had to send it to somebody that could do the heat treat step. They heat got treat. the part back and so on. So, you know, the, the, the time and specifically for additive manufacturing, I mean, Keep in mind that they can do a part, you know, pretty fast. Yeah. Anywhere between a day to two days, maybe a, you know, worst case a week. But then having to wait week after week after week after week to get the part back for the hipping or for the heat treating, whatever it is. Yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah, uh, makes sense. So there's a yeah. there's a substantial, a potential time savings for sure. Yes. In, uh, it, it, not just process savings, but even if if you not just in between furnaces, but the fact that you can buy one furnace and do all both of those things. Okay, that that yeah. that makes good sense. So let's talk for just a second, Johan, about what types of products uh, are most effectively hipped and or, if we can, high pressure heat treated. Yeah, and as I said before, we we really started to realize the potential with this technology with that with that additive manufacturing world. That is where we started to realize that we can actually do a, do a, do a difference here. And not only does it have a, um, a beneficial effect for the total time, having the components under elevated temperature a shorter period of time is actually beneficial for the microstructure. The grain doesn't grow as much. So mm-hmm. if you take the example again with first the hip cycle, with having that at a certain temperature, you cool it down slowly, then you heat it up again to the same high temperature for a period of time before you quench it down. Well, then you exaggerate the component for high temperature under a much longer period. Well, if you can do that in just one step, the component doesn't have to be in as high temperature for such a long period of time, which means that the grains doesn't grow as much, which mm-hmm. give you a better microstructure, uh, better microstructure, and, and better material properties. Right. So that is that is one effect. So additive manufacturing is very good. Another effect that that we have realized is is very beneficial is that when you're dealing with with additive manufacturing, 
you you end up specifically if it's laser uh, laser powder bed fusion, you end up with with argon in the pores, and and argon can not be dissolved into the material. So right. with the heaping process, this uh, the argon pores are basically eliminated in a way. So, mm-hmm. however, if you heat it up again, these pores start to grow. And they can grow back again and, and be bigger. So if you remove that heat treat step afterwards, you are, don't have to be afraid of this poor growth again. So uh, that's mm-hmm. another beneficial effect from a metallurg- metallurgical standpoint that, that we have realized. Mm-hmm. So AM is, is very well suited for this. With that said, now we see a more increasing interest from the casting side as well. Because with right. these um, new modern HIP units we have, we can cool with, with velocities of, of several thousand degrees per minute, a little bit dependent on, on what kind of size, etc. But this has a very good um, effect on, on the microstructures, on, on suitable materials like nickel-based superalloys and, and titanium aluminides, etc. So the casting side are now starting to, to get very, very interested into this technology as well. Because... Basically, didn't exist before. So, yeah. so we have seen a, a we see a huge potential, and we have seen an, an immense growth of of um, request for this technology here the last uh, couple of years. Right, right. How about just straight powder metal? I know you're talking 3D. Yep. But how about just straight powder metal uh, manufacturing? Because th- those parts tend to be a bit more porous than the than your normal, obviously, for your your rot products and things of that sort. Yes, if, if we talk about powder metallurgy and HIP, you typically need to have everything canned in a way. Um, powder metallurgy, we call it near net shape, for example, where you weld structures to a certain shape or form, you fill that with powder, and, and then you HIP it, and out comes a part which basically have a perfect microstructure. Uh, we haven't come so far yet to start to evaluate how, how that will be, uh, with this high-pressure heat rate. But what we have seen as well with the interest of this is that a lot of the HIP cycles were developed many, many years ago. And, mm-hmm. you know, at the time, uh, they didn't have the, the, the cooling capacity we have today. And they, they ended up with cycles which were, you know, they were good. You took away the porosity. However, yeah. with the capability... To, to, to modify both the temperature and the pressure. Basically, you can come to the same fully dense part with, say, I'm over-exaggerating a bit, but if you have a high temperature, you can have a lower pressure. Yeah. If you have a lower temperature, you can increase the pressure. So yeah. we have also focused on having a very high pressure on all our equipment because then you have this flexibility to get to the fully dense part in the best way. Yeah. And this is something I'm absolutely convinced that um, the, the powder metallurgy industry would be interested in, in, in exaggerating or evalu- evaluating more as well. Gotcha, gotcha. So for the people that might be interested in testing a part or something like that, are there size restraints? I mean, what's what's typically, what type of work zone are we talking about in a standard Quintus hip unit? What are we limited if, to? If we talk today, what we have on the market for, for um, you know, relatively high cooling rates, we have, uh, if we talk about cooling rates in the, you know, 
two to three hundred degrees C per minute or mm -hmm. four to five, almost six hundred degrees Fahrenheit per minute. We typically the, the production units are at two feet diameter, give or take six hundred and sixty millimeter and okay. around six feet high. But, okay. but this is something that the, the next generation we are developing right uh, right now, we are approaching a meter and more than that as well. So this is just a, a matter right. of time to, to grow this. So we have right. seen the again then the, the highest interest on the AM market, which is why we have focused on that to begin with. Now we're doing higher and and I I do not see any limitations in going up in in, in diametrical size for this. But it, but it is exponentially more difficult as you get wider, yes? It is. It, it, it <laughs> your engineers, your engineers start getting a bigger and bigger headache as it gets bigger. Absolutely. No, that, <laughs> it's a good comment you make because I mean, of course, you have a much higher volume that you need to cool down. But yeah. um, but for the cooling rates, we see at least today mostly applicable where we talk about this. You know, as I said, two to three hundred degrees C per minute. We definitely yeah. see possibilities to go over a meter in diameter, and then we have large, you know, production sized hip units. Yeah. Uh, we do heat yeah. units which are much bigger than that. But if you start to to get you know over one and a half meter and you know even bigger, then you're absolutely correct. Yeah. Then the, the cooling yeah. rates are, are drastically lower. Yeah. So I mean, could you could you describe uh, for those who may not have ever seen or understand how a hip unit and and most specifically a high pressure heat treatment hip unit, what does it look like? I mean, what's the this is, you know, we're on radio, so you're going to have to do a really thorough job of describing this, right? Yeah. So, so basically, <laughs> I, I can start with a with a, a pressure vessel. Basically, then I mean, it's yeah. as as um, it's basically a cylinder where you put right. a furnace in, and in this cylinder you can increase the pressure, and in the furnace you increase the the temperature, so you create a right. a a pressure vessel with, with high pressure and high temperature. And, and Johan, we're talking of a, a, a vertical, typically it's a vertical cylinder, correct? Absolutely correct. With, Absolutely and this high correct. pressure vessel has a wall thickness of? Yes. When when we do our, that's actually a good question, Doug, you you, you caught me, right? but I would say that depending <laughs> on size, of course, I mean, the, the wall thickness can be anywhere from uh, from a couple of inches to to um, you know i want maybe the biggest wall thicknesses we have now probably some product manager will will hunt me after this but i can imagine yeah. that we're talking a so, little bit say maybe the biggest unit has somewhere up to to 20, 200 millimeters or something like that yeah, maybe okay. so don't hold say, me for these we'll, numbers yeah exactly the, the, we're not going to hold yeah, you to that but but the the important thing is that that you can you can do a pressure vessel design basically in 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 two ways. Either you can use a very thick walled cylinder, right. basically to contain the the high pressure, or you can do a thin walled uh, uh, pressure vessel, and that is where the big difference is. So for Quintus Technologies, what we do we use a thin walled pressure vessel and we apply a wire winding technology. So we pre-stress this cylinder with a wire, but we can also apply cooling directly in connect, uh, sort of, sort of next to this pressure vessel. Direct contact. So we, yes, exactly. So what yeah. we do is that we create a heat exchanger with our whole system, basically. Yeah. yeah. And we also apply cooling in the lower closures and in the upper closures. So basically what you have is a water-controlled pressure vessel with a furnace in. And then we can actively control how fast we would like to cool the unit uh -huh. with 
controlling the 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 cooling of the pressure vessel basically yeah yeah so, and so i'm going to assume there's i mean i'm i'm imagining right away you know i always have to ask a few skeptical questions so i'm imagining right away i'm seeing thermal shock written all over this thing you've got a high pressure high uh, a, a vessel that's at high temperature, and all of a sudden you guys slam in there because you want to drop temperatures to, uh, three to 400 C, four to 500 F per minute. Yes. Right? I'm seeing a lot of thermal shock going on. What's, what's, how, do we, how do we deal with that? Well, the, the deal is that the, the gas that we are working with is argon, and argon yeah. has an extremely good thermal conductivity. Mm-hmm. So uh, at at high temperature, they, it it, uh, it um, sort of um, takes care of of the densification process in a very good way because it, right. it takes the heat from the gas into the material. What we then use is the colder gas in the lower region, and we basically force that cold gas up into the the, um, the furnace. Yeah. And when we do. But but we don't do that with any specific high velocity. So the velocities in the pressure vessels are pretty moderate and uh-huh. continuous. So and and we of course have requirements on the pressure vessel walls. So the pressure vessel walls are are strictly monitored and controlled. So they can never exceed certain temperatures. Yes. So that's gotcha. where we have our, our our sort of safety function and and control function. But uh, the, we, we don't see any, any challenges with, with thermal shocks. The alternative of having a, a thick-walled cylinder might have bigger challenges when you cool from yeah. one side. Because then, then, then yeah. you can end up with, 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 with other challenges like, like uh, thermal cracks, etc. But, but using a thin-walled solution as we do, uh, we don't see any issues with this. Yeah, and... and- I would think a thick wall, uh, the other major issue I would think you'd have a thick wall is you, you probably wouldn't be able to reach the cooling rates that you're talking about because you've got a huge heat sink that's Absolutely. just sucking up all that cold air. So, yeah, understood. Yes. yes. Okay. When we return, Johan will describe the particulars of what you can do with this technology and why it might benefit you. You may be wondering, where can I get hipping, equipment or services? Check out the Heat Treat Buyer's Guide. The Heat Treat Buyer's Guide is at heattreatbuyersguide.com. Pretty simple. And it's live and full of information for your heat treating equipment or service needs, be it hipping or anything else. We've had folks comment on the ease of use, and we hope that you also find it helpful. The Heat Treat Buyer's Guide is a great way to either get what you're looking for or try to figure out what you want. With the thorough search engine, you can name the equipment or service or simply search by location to see what capabilities are available near you. The Buyer's Guide was launched this year, and you can also access the digital bound version, quote unquote, of the list at heattreattoday.com forward slash media forward slash digital hyphen editions. But again, the website for the Buyer's Guide is heattreatbuyersguide.com. It's that simple. heattreatbuyersguide.com. Now, let's return to Johan and Doug. A company that might be thinking about, okay, maybe I want to bring this hipping thing in-house and, and do high-pressure heat treatment in-house, are they going to have to have any operational expertise? In other words, do you need to hire a PhD from Harvard or someone like that to run this unit, operate this unit? Uh, no, 
no. I mean, <laughs> op- operating a, a hip unit as that uh, like this is is not according to to Quintus more difficult than than operating other you know heat treat furnaces in in any way. Of course, you need a touch and feel for for the unit how it works, and this is being taken care of during the training when uh, when we deliver the systems and we we train our customers. And uh, you do not need to have any any PhD from Harvard to to run and operate these units. Um, we also have a actually yeah, you've been in in our Lewis Center uh, office and we have an application lab there. So right. if if someone is interested, uh, you know m- we are more than willing to to take on customers or somebody that just want to to know more about the technology and take a look at it. I mean they're more than willing to to contact me or 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 Quintus here in the U.S. and uh, come and visit us. I mean absolutely. Right. That was and, another one. Oh, go ahead. No, I, I would also like to say that that we have uh, now, uh, or the market is is starting to get these machines out for operations. So, mm-hmm. if if you are a a customer that would like to try this out and and have a part that is that is bigger than you know our small lab furnaces can do, there are you know service providers out there on the market that that can do this, and um, we have. Companies like Accurate Bracing, for example, in in uh, in Greenville, South Carolina, um, have a couple of these units. Uh, we have Paolo up in uh, in Cleveland, uh, Ohio, and on the West Coast, we have uh, we have Stack. Uh, yeah, we Stack also have to go up in the uh, Washington, Oregon area, Portland, absolutely. I believe, right? Absolutely, yeah. and uh, even uh, Canada has has their first really fast unit now with Burl Oak. And and also Mexico have a company called HTMX. So so this is getting more and more, you know, for for the bigger companies that decide to to outsource, or for any company that decides to outsource. I mean, this is a technology that is out there on the market. And uh, um, yeah, absolutely. And you you your your uh, your lab there in Lewis Center will help uh, uh, process or part validate. I assume if somebody's interested in that, right? They can they can bring the an idea, a problem, or a part in development to you, and you'll say, "Yes, here's what we can do, and we can prove it by running it." Absolutely. What we 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 have the the thought that if somebody wants to evaluate this and are are willing to to work a little bit with us, and maybe we can get mm-hmm. some information back, we we have this as a service for free. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, are, we are not a service provider in the sense that that we no. compete with our customers. Uh, right. But but if someone you know wants to evaluate the technology and are willing to talk with us and listen to us and we can get something back, this is a service we do for free. Yeah, good. So in just a second, Johan, I'm going to ask you about giving out again. You, I think you did briefly there, but giving out additional information where people can go to to uh, get more information. But I would like to let the listeners know that if you go to heattreattoday.com and in the search box, just type in hip or hipping or hot isostatic pressing, you'll see a pretty healthy list of articles that appear there that aren't necessarily specifically to high-pressure heat treatment, just hipping generally, but certainly there are articles there about high-pressure heat treating as well from Quintus. Uh, You could also type Quintus into the search Mm -hmm. box and you would come up with quite a few things because you guys have uh, provided us with some good content. So uh, that's one place that you can go if you want to find out more information. Uh, where you're on, where can they go? What are you comfortable giving out as far as contact information for you and or Quintus? 
they can, I mean, regarding information, they can go to our homepage, of course, quintustechnologies.com. Uh, and then don't forget the ebook, Doug. I mean, that's a, that's a very good description of of, of, <laughs> of hipping. So right. if you want to know more, download the ebook. That that yeah. has a, a good uh, description of not only high pressure heat treatment, all, all also hipping and a little bit of the history of hipping. But otherwise, I mean, you can contact me if you go into to uh, Quintus's homepage. You can find the contact information to me, and we also have the application lab in in Lewis Center. I mean, that that's not an issue. They, it if it has to do with hipping, it will end up in in my inbox right. sooner or later. <laughs> sooner or later, we'll get there, right? And you've got a good team there, by the way. We know some of your other some of your other folks we've worked with. Very good people to work with. Yeah, right. So you, if you're interested, if you're a listener, you're interested, you want to go to the quintustechnologies.com homepage. You can search for Johan Yorni, but that's the spelling is a little different. So let me just spell right. J O H A N is the first name. Yes. J O H A N. Last name H. J-A-R-N-E. And uh, the A has got the Swedish umlaut or something over top. But I don't think in English that matters. It's H-J-A-R-N-E. So you search for that on the uh, Quintus homepage and you'll get Johan's uh, contact information. And yes, you make a very good point. Don't forget the ebook on Heat Treat Today's site that you can get there simply by typing into your browser heattreattoday.com slash ebook. No hyphens or anything, just ebook. And you'll go to our ebook uh, homepage, which has two two ebooks on there right now. Uh, the most recent being the one from Quintus. So yeah, I, can I? I would also like to add. We talked a lot about the U.S., but we also have for for if there's any listeners from from the rest of the world, uh, we have a an application lab in in uh, where we have our head office in in Westeros, Sweden, as well. And you can find contact information to them as well. That lab is is even a little bit better equipped than, than, than our lab is. So, so that's a fantastic opportunity if you're you know, not situated here in the US or North America, in, in Europe. And we also have um, connections in, in China and Japan. So, but you can find more information about that po- uh, on, on our homepage. Good, good, great. Johan, thank you so much. Great to talk with you. Uh, we'll, hope, we'll hope enough people get in touch with you afterwards. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Doug. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed today's Heat Treat Radio episode with Johan Jorni at Quintus Technologies. Check out more technical episodes from Heat Treat Radio at Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Podbean, or simply at heattreattoday.com forward slash radio. More on this topic specifically, try the ebook and search for Hipping on heattreattoday.com. To learn more about today's guest, go to www.quintustechnologies.com. That's Q U I N T U S. T-E-C-H-N-O-L-O-G-I-E-S, Quintus Technologies. Feel free to contact Johan via the site's contact form. If you mention Hipping, the message will be sure to get to his inbox. You can even send an email to me, and I'll put you in touch. My email is bethany at heattreattoday.com. We're always interested in new Heat Treat Radio topics. Send me an email with something you find interesting, and we can talk about a future Heat Treat Radio episode. Or if you'd like to sponsor a future episode, let me know and we'll be in touch. Again, my email is bethany at heatreattoday.com. Need to learn more about hipping? Again, a quick search, hipping, on heatreattoday.com will give you technical content including several articles, like Doug mentioned, and the ebook. This ebook is located under the resource tab or search heatreattoday.com forward slash ebook. You may have heard me say it before, the name is high pressure heat treatment. 
leading the renaissance of hot isostatic pressing. Heat Treat Radio would like to thank the Heat Treat Buyer's Guide for sponsoring this episode. Check it out at www.heattreatbuyersguide.com. This and every other episode of Heat Treat Radio is the sole property of Heat Treat Today and may not be reproduced in part or in whole without advanced written permission from Heat Treat Today. Audio producer, Jonathan Lloyd, created and mixed most of the music that you heard today. Check out his professional work at jonathanlloydmusic.com. That's Lloyd with two L's. Thank you, Jonathan. And I'm your host, Bethany Funk. Thank you for listening.